We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here. Old man Andreas is not here today handling some family stuff. He is okay, but he needed the afternoon to make sure he got that stuff done. So I'm holding it down on the show today. We're going to mix MMA. We're going to mix boxing in. We're going to throw in a couple other little sprinkles in there. So it's a full combat show. Hopefully by now you guys checked out our pro wrestling show earlier in the week that was a ton of fun make sure you guys go back and listen to that we've had a ton of pro wrestling over the past couple of weeks but today i will not be alone my guy nick veterans minimum podcast joining me today nick flexing with the razor ramon shirt you knew it just something, for you yeah just for you something told you like you know what i might have to be on the show i gotta flex on him a little bit oh man you're oozing machismo over there on that side. Listen, I try my best every time that I'm in here with you guys recording the corner to wear some wrestling gear. <laughs> I love it. To, you know? I love it, man. Thank you for joining us. Make sure, again, uh, we've had Nick on several times. I always shout out Nick when he's in the booth as well. Make sure you guys follow his podcast. I just spent an insane amount of time listening to his NFL preview episode. Make sure you guys do the same if you guys bet, if you don't bet, if you just want to know more about the sport, check it out. He did a deep dive breakdown on everything. You know, I put a little money down myself. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Thank you for the cheap plug. I'm a big cheap plug guy. But also, I had you on with Andreas, and I love that show, man. The Future Champs <laughs> already, already, one came into fruition. You were like, yo, he's going to knock out uh, Aljo because we did a, we did a show where we kind of did a— uh, Fantasy booking, to use the wrestling term, who's going to be the champion in each UFC division in 2025. And uh, you were like, yo, it's going to be Sugar. He's going to knock out Aljo. And I was like, damn it, Kel. Why did we bet on this, man? <laughs> Three to one to win by knockout. But thanks for having me on, dude. Nah, man, it's great. Thank you for joining me today. Again, it's UFC pay-per-view weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that card <laughs> a little bit down the, the road here. But yeah, man, it's it's one of those times where... It's like, all right, Nick's the perfect person to have on the show with me today because there's so many different aspects of what I want to talk about today that you can really chime in on. Um, for the people who don't know, you know, listen to Nick's pod. Nick just came back from vacation yeah. not too long ago. 
I was uh, in Jamaica. He was supposed to be in Jamaica, and then he stunned it on me. And instead, last second, he was just like, oh, I'm going to Columbia. So he was out there. Uh, Nick does jujitsu. Ramley walks into a jujitsu gym, just doing jujitsu in South America and shit, just doing the coolest stuff ever. But it got me thinking. And I was like, yo, this is why I need you on from the beginning of the show. The two things we're talking about mainly today. Mm. We're talking about UFC. It's in Australia. And it's in Australia because it is Israel Adesanya. And we're talking about Francis Ngannou making his boxing debut against Tyson Fury, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia. Their press conference today was in London. And I'm like, boxing and MMA is expanded. MMA always has, but we're getting more and more pay-per-views globally than ever. Boxing, especially in Saudi Arabia, but we're getting more boxing globally than I can remember in the past 20 years. Major boxing events. And I was like, yo, you know what? This would be a dope question to ask Nick. And I'll answer it as well. If you had three places you can put a fight for you, take MMA. But it could be MMA or boxing. Three places that you think are underserved, but you would love to see a fight. Where would they be? This is this is incredible. Now, can can I throw a little wrinkle? Can I can yeah, I add let's a, do it. A, a sub question let's to the question? Do it. Have they been there before? Are you talking no, just... No, you can, you can be there before. Oh, okay, okay. Can, it, it could have had a big fight already. Okay. But it's somewhat underserved. Okay. Like, Saudi's flooded now, right? Yeah. So we don't, we don't have to really talk about Saudi. Like, Dude, they, I, feel they get like, enough. I feel like they dropped the ball so bad on a UFC Africa. I think that shit would have been so lit to have either Usman or Izzy and then Francis... And I remember there was a back and forth one time. Some of the reporters told Usman, who had headlined between the three of you, he's like, I'm not taking it up with the big guy. Talk about <laughs> Francis. But man, that would have been super dope, right? And just uh, just the aura of having those three guys. It's never been in Africa. Yep. And to have it be an event like that, stacked, give us all three, man. All three of them all on the of card, them. right? Like, <laughs> let's get crazy with it. That would have been dope. I think that would have changed the whole culture of MMA in South South Africa or in Africa in general. There's um, still time. Yeah, there uh, still is. Izzy versus Duplessis would be nuts yeah, in Africa. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd you be can crazy. Find a way to do that shit. I'm like, isn't like Monaco or Morocco or some shit in Morocco, Africa? Yeah, yeah. Like you can go to like Morocco, Egypt, and it's or technically something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Africa and call it USC Africa if you don't want to go all the way to like South Africa. Yeah, so I think I think that would be one for sure. Cause I'm also an Izzy guy, man. He's my he's my favorite fighter in the UFC. We'll get to him in a little bit, I'm sure. So that's one. Um Connor in Dublin. Oh. But Connor now. Yeah. You know, like we like, got Connor, <laughs> but we got Connor. What I mean by that is we got Connor in Dublin when he was like coming up. Yeah. But I'm talking about now Connor would be wicked. Like Croke Park. You wanted to see him get washed. Cause he's gonna lose. Yeah, but I think so. So here's the thing, right? Like staying with Connor, bro. It's been my take from the moment he broke his leg against Poirier. The next time Connor fights, we're still gonna have the yo Connor's back moment. I'm not saying that he's gonna win, okay? But just uh, excitement. You know, ESPN might send Stephen A. Smith to to cover the fight anywhere. Yeah, yep. like CNN might cover the fight. Like it's gonna be crazy. You got Pat McAfee now. Yeah, send Pat yeah. over there. Like I don't care if that shit's on Mars. But everyone's going. But yeah, but you're gonna have so many people be into the idea of Connor coming back. Now he's gonna have to win in order to have it happen again. Because I yeah. think if Connor loses again, it's like 
all right, man, now you're just like, it's just. It's over. Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah. So I think we have one more Connor moment. So having Connor fight in Dublin, I think that'd be super popping. And then, bro, you know what, man? I'm going to be a little biased. I love when they put cards in New York. <laughs> I love when they put cards in MSG, man. And I'm so pissed because I, I moved out here a year ago to Vegas, born and raised in New York, Queens kid. And I always go to the November card. Yeah. And then I didn't go this past November because uh, I had just moved here. And then, of course, that's Izzy Pereira and Dustin and Chandler. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, that card was so stacked. But I love the New York cards, man. I got to be honest. Those this are year, always John Stipe. Yeah, yeah. They, it might, it might be uh, Colby Leon might be on that. Could yeah, and there or, or maybe like Taporia Vault because I think one of one of those two fights is going to be on MSG, and then the other one will probably headline Vegas. December. Yeah, yeah. So those will be the three, man. How about you, man? So when I was thinking about it, like I love Australia. I always yeah. want to go. I've had two opportunities while being at ESPN to go and cover UFC. Do you not go because of the flight? No, like just other people from the team kind of was just like rushed and was like, yo, I got it. Gotcha. And I was just like, oh shit. All right, cool. Um, but, but you would, but you would it. like to go even though it's a long flight. Yeah. I'll take okay, that. cool. cool. I'll take that. I know like, a lot of people are like, nah, I never want to get on a flight. My, my dream place to go visit, not for fights, but is Japan. Yeah. I can't wait. And yeah. we have tons of fights in Japan. I mean, we have anyway. Yeah. On ESPN. So once Ooh, this budget right. resets, like it's on and bob it. Uh, no, I'm definitely going to watch anyway. I he fights every December 31st because it's like their big fight day. Mm-hmm. It's New Year's Eve over there, our New Year's Eve. Um, every year they have a major fight on December 31st. So the past three years, he's taken that date. Like Canelo has Mexican Independence Day. Got it. Like that is his thing now. Um, he'll probably fight December 31st for Undisputed at 122 this year. And three days later is Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yo, that's a dope and trip. Last year, Mark Ray Mundy went and covered anyway and was just like, yo, I'm staying. <laughs> and then they were like, okay. And went to both nights of Wrestle Kingdom. And I was like, fuck, I'm so jealous. So that's my goal is to cover anyway. Probably, if it doesn't happen this year, I want to do it next year when he's at 126 collecting belts and then go to Wrestle Kingdom, just bookend the trip. And that'll be good. Oh, Two yeah. days in between to like sightsee and run around and, and do all the cool shit and then bookend it with the two. So no, Japan is is super dope. I can't wait to watch. Bro, if you have if you have structure and a plan, three, four days is a perfect trip. Like when I went down to Colombia, I was there for five days. And when I woke up on the fifth day, I was like, this was a great vacation. Like it was perfect. I feel like if I stayed any longer, I would have been like, Man, I just want to get home. Yeah. I feel like, because cause every, you know, the first day when I got there, I had bam, 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 plans of things to do. And then Tuesday, I had a shitload of things to do. Like, I was out the ha- house the whole time, you know? The only, like, day I had to myself was Wednesday, where I went and I did, because every Wednesday, even here, <clears throat> I train twice. Yeah. I do a morning and a night class, jujitsu, And I'm a big believer of momentum, so I did that down there, too. That was also the only working out I did for, like, two weeks. <laughs> so the, when the boy came back to train, it was a little rough on the mats. But... If you just have it all structured out, man, like five days is perfect. Yeah, I could do that's that's all I need. Like yeah. just give me the five. Fight the first day. I would have to go for like the weigh-ins. So like weigh-ins, fight, give me two days, and then two days of Wrestle Kingdom, I'm out. Yeah. So that's six perfect. days, like I'm good. And I'll come back home. Oh, yeah. Um, but my three venues that I think are like underserved, and some are boxing, some are MMA. So first for MMA. And this is criminal. And the window for this shit is shrinking. 
UFC Hawaii has to be done with Max Holloway. Has to. Like, there's no reason not to. You've done Yas Island and made the fucking time work. Like, I don't want to hear about the time doesn't yeah. work in Hawaii. That is a must. Because that island would be fucking nuts for Max Holloway. Crazy. Bro, I'm getting chills, yeah, too. Like, like, he also deserves that, too, man. Yeah, like, he's like, been a company man. He's taking every fight. you're not going to give him yeah. the title shot. Right. Because I understand a fourth fight. It's like the way the third fight played out. Cool. If you don't want to give him a title shot, don't throw him that bone. But give him a hometown yeah. headline and fight. He's running through the rest of the division. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't lost to anyone that isn't Volk. So give him that. I heard Volk on a podcast. I think it was Hawani's show. He said, Ilya, talking to Taboria, please don't fight Max. <laughs> He's like, please no. don't fight Max, bro. It's like <laughs> Max... Max is the most difficult fight for everyone in 145, except for Volk. And Volk can't get any fight because they fight Max. <laughs> it's like, yo, just let, let him rock. Yeah, yeah, nah. Ilya just needs to chill. I love, I love the time. Hawaii pick. The Hawaii pick is yeah, dope. Yeah, so Hawaii and then boxing, very similar um, in the same vein. And I feel like the Philippines, like there's something about the nostalgia of the thriller in Manila. And they still have Ali, like, statues and stuff out there, out there. And they had Pacquiao, but, like, Pacquiao never really, they couldn't make it work. He was already a star here in the States. There's so much money. They really couldn't make it work. And but Ali wasn't, like, from there. It was just, like, a venue and everything. Like, I think going back to the Philippines on maybe, I'm, I'm horrible with dates, but if we can get, like, the 75th anniversary, or I think we've passed the 50th, or 60th anniversary of the Thriller in Manila and just give us a banger of a fucking fight. Just a wild fight in the Philippines. Um, Filipino fans are one of the most passionate boxing fans on earth. We get fights in Puerto Rico every probably two a year. Like, we still get, like, decent fights in Puerto Rico. We have our champion. Mexico gets fights still um, for some of their lower weight champions. Canelo just went back there. The Philippines is just an underserved boxing fan base. And they have one of the most historic fights ever. <laughs> like, and to and not fighters, go back there. Yeah. Right? And, and fighters. Like, to so. not go back there for a pay-per-view is, like, puzzling. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. On certain parts of the island. So, the Philippines would be, like, second. And then third is is always tough because then it's like, okay, where else is kind of underserved? And you said Africa, and Africa, I think even for boxing, is is overdue. I think Deontay Wilder is pushing for a rematch clause against uh, Anthony Joshua, with that being in Africa. Um, Joshua has roots there. Obviously, Wilder's loved his trips going back there. So he comes out now with the actual African tribe-like garb instead of the heavy shit mm. like, that he complained about yeah. against Tyson Fury. <laughs> so... Um, He's really in love with that. I, I think Africa is always an easy one. But if I had to choose, like, one more, and I don't even know if this is possible, honestly, um, but for boxing, I would love a major event in Cuba. But I don't know if you defect, if you go back and get arrested. <laughs> like... There was, yeah, like, a, a brief point. period, I think, like, Obama opened up, like, Yeah, the mad borders. people I knew were going, like, in mad and people were flooding just, Cuba. And I, like, I think it's close to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but just the marketing behind a card in Havana and 
they are also huge boxing fans. Olympic boxing is huge down there. It's one of the things where I think they'd really show up and show out. And there was a ton of people going from like Florida and shit to Cuba. Yeah. It was like, it'd be a dope attraction. I just think the border's closed again. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. Well, dude, I know it's completely different, but I know UFC Miami in April was like the first time they were in South Beach since like early, early 2000s. And that was lit, man. It was a hell of a card. Yep. And then I had a lot of my buddies went down there because we have a friend. My buddy Eric lives there now. And I couldn't go because it was the weekend before I went back home for the first time. So I was like, yo, look, I'm doing well for myself. But I can't be going to Miami, come back to Vegas, and go back to New York. And I also can't, like, tell Jeremiah in the studio, be like, yo, I'm going to be out for, for 12 days. Like, yo, get your ass back in here. So I didn't want to do that. And they went. And then, of course, it was a banger of a card. But they were telling me, man, like, the people were really, like, a lot of the locals, they were going to eat at, like, local restaurants. And they were saying, even the Uber drivers were like, they, obviously, Masvidal was on that card, too. Yeah. So he's, like, the hometown guy. But even Gilbert Burns has a big, uh, like, hometown, like, bi not bias, but, like, a hometown base down there because he trains in Florida. And then, of course, Izzy's so popular and, and the storyline between Pereira and him, too. I feel like that could be a, a dope place. You know, they had neglected yeah. it for so long. And there's a huge Cuban community down there, too. That's why, like, when you were talking about Cuba, I was like, man, doing another event like that in Miami would be fire. Yeah, I, I don't think you could, like, send like Robesi Ramirez back to Cuba, right? Like, cause he defected and like, I don't think they're going to play that shit, but like you can send some people from like Florida, like yeah. to, to go over there and fight or someone with like Cuban roots, but like American born, like that can go. Um, I would love to see a fight. Like, like Keith Thurman is from Florida, like from Orlando, like send Keith Thurman to get beat the hell up by somebody like out there. I, I, I don't think they'd care who necessarily it is you just need like a big enough name where it just feels somewhat special and i think that would be such a dope dope fight and um cruz is just cruz is their two-time olympic uh andy cruz two-time olympic gold medalist in boxing he just defected um but they still kind of love him despite him defecting i feel like everyone understands there if they can get to a point in like the next five, 10 years and it'd have to be like five or six, if he's challenging like a Shakur Stevenson or something for a title, like that would be great. Like you'd be like, yo, don't arrest him. Like just let him have that um, as a hometown fight. He's at 135. All the great fighters are like 135, 140 in terms of the young kids. So it's one of those where it's like, damn, it just be really, really historic to see something like that in Cuba. And I feel like that's what, in boxing, the only thing we're missing, the only difference, like we now have those competitive fights. We're getting the super fights. We're getting undisputed champions. We're getting stuff that they saw in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. The only thing we don't have is these marquee events where everything now is New York, Vegas, London, Saudi. That's it. Four places. Um, Canola went to Mexico once, came back. It's one of those things where they had these marquee events, Thriller Manila, Rumble in the Jungle. You you have these names, these events. You brought it to different places, and the communities there just loved it. The Philippines has a statue. It's been like 50 years. That's still their claim to fame. So it's one of those 
things like you don't know how you're going to change the entire community when you do something like that. When you went down to Columbia um, and you were telling me about it, you're like, yo, you're looking at all the street art and the murals and everything. When you just do little stuff like that, you don't know how you're going to change the entire city. You don't understand how you can bring just tourism and money to an area, how they use it. You can change them for the next hundred years by having one fight there and people recognizing that and going there and making it a spectacle. So I, I want, I just want to see that. And Connor and Ireland's like a great example of that. It's like, yo, you put him there and you open up so much in Ireland. They showed up for Katie Taylor in boxing. Huge. And she lost. They didn't care. She's running it back in November. Same spot. Huge fight. And Connor would do quadruple. Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, though, is as long as it doesn't destroy a community after they leave. The reason why I say that is because I'm Greek and I saw the 04 Olympics. Oh, shit. Be so devastating to the country where, bro, they put so much money into building all these facilities. I know we're born and raised in the States. Well, at least I am. And, uh, you know, my, my, my livelihood is in, in America. I think every world event should be in the States because we don't got to build nothing, bro. Yeah. We don't got, we got, we got college stadiums that we could put 80,000 people in tomorrow if needed. Yep. And you've seen it happen in Greece where they built all this shit for the Olympics. And then like trees are growing out of where Michael Phelps like competed or some shit, like some crazy Olympic event. It might not have been Phelps, but like, it's just these things get left behind. It happened in 2014 in Brazil. Yeah. When they built the Olympics, the Olympics and the World Cup was there. And it's like, yeah, dope. It's popping for a month. Then after that, you just ravage the community. It. Yeah. yeah. You it's not that. like you're not having the World Cup every month. Yeah. So with the Philippines or any of these destinations, I think if you just have one like dope ass arena already, yep. just have it there. Why not? Why not? That's that's the key. Like as long as they have one. And I know like most of them. You go most places, they have one huge soccer stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just Croke Park is Ireland. Yeah. Right? Like well, just and, find and somewhere also, that has and, one giant soccer And sport. also as a, because soccer is one of my like favorite sports. When it comes to international soccer play, every country needs to have one venue that's approved by FIFA or UEFA or even like the Copa down in, in South America where the national team, when they play a home game, whether it's for qualifying or a friendly, you want to make sure that it's approved so that if Brazil goes to play in Cameroon, Cameroon has that one stadium that's like A++. <laughs> not all of them are. Yeah. Not all of them are like that in Brazil or Ecuador or wherever it might be, but you need to have that one. So you're right. Every every country does have that one venue that's like, oh, this is our MSG, bro. Yeah. This, that's is, it. this Just, is our, like, everything else is kind of whack, but this is our one venue. And it may not be state of art. It's not a Legion Stadium. No, it's not, but it's, 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 it's good it's, enough for a night. For a night. Yeah. For one event, we don't got to do any renovations to it. We don't need to restructure anything. Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Real quick, I just want to pick your brain on Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou because they had their full press conference in London. It was jokey and, you know, they're, we get, it's like McGregor. Mayweather, like they may say some stupid shit going back and forth a little bit. We know what this is. Yeah. These are, these are two guys looking for a big payday. Yeah. They got it and get it. Yeah. And no problem. They'll drum up some interest and talk a little shit. They're going to be hugging it out after this fight. Where do you stand on MMA people going to boxing for the back? I have no problem. I think the one thing, and I talk about this all the time on my show and just in general in conversations, and I'm sure you've interacted and interviewed so many athletes and celebrities and whatnot. And I think the one thing as I've gotten older as a sports fan, and it all changed when I was doing a show with Will Blackman, the business side of sports. I used to be like, man, fuck Saquon Barkley. Why is he holding out, bro? And now I'm like, bro, hold out. (laughs) Hold out. I don't care. It don't matter. Like, yeah, you're going to ruin the team if you hold out and you don't play. Like, you know, we were just watching now the Thursday night football game's going on and Detroit's doing whatever they want on yep. on offense because Chris Jones ain't there. Yep. Y'all hold out, bro, because eventually you're not going to be making this money because you're going to retire. And the shelf life for an and athlete. And they're going to move on. And they're going to move on. Yeah. And they cut you like that. Yep. So that's changed for me where get your bag. As long as you're not hurting nobody, just get your bag, right? So for the MMA guys going into boxing, yeah, if there's enough of an appeal, sure. Now, my question to you is, is there an appeal, though? Because I'm not as excited because Francis technically isn't yeah. the UFC champion. It's just a, it's a heavyweight. He's not in the UFC anymore. He's an amazing heavyweight MMA fighter. I think the highlight reel is clear is very key, right? Like yeah. with Connor, it's clearly a striker. You can show knockouts. You can show the Aldo knockout. Like it built it up to, do they have a puncher's chance? Right. But also I think it's this thing too with Connor. Yeah. It's the yeah. mic. Fran- There's two things you need in, in combat sports. I'm, I'm always a proponent on this. You just need to have one at an elite level. You either have to be able to talk at an elite level and sell yourself, or you got to have, Elite power. 
Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. It's like in baseball. Chicks dig the long ball. Yep. Chicks dig the knockout. Yeah. So that's cool. You don't got to say a, a word if your power precedes you. Yeah. It speaks for itself. Francis is one of those guys. Yep. Javante Davis is one of those guys in boxing. Like, Connor had that punch no one could take, the left-hand punch. Like, you have to have that, especially in these crossover events, because you have to have a puncher's chance. Now, no one's going to say Francis Ngannou is as technical as Tyson Fury. Nobody. But you show the highlights enough, he has a puncher's chance. And people will tune in to watch not even to see if he can knock Fury down or knock him out, just to see him land and to see what happens when he lands. One punch. Connor hit Floyd with an uppercut. People lost their shit. Yeah. One uppercut. It's in all the highlights now. Every single one. Yeah. And it's just, how do you react? And Floyd's head swings back a little bit and people are like, oh, look, Floyd couldn't run. Yeah. Floyd ran. Like, Mom, bro. Dude, you know, right. you know what's the coolest thing about Connor, bro? He's probably the only person that's ever fought Floyd that he could be like, yo, if we if I if I caught you in the streets, it'd be a rap though. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. You don't think so? No, I'm not sure if Floyd lets it get to the ground. Get to the ground. I'm just saying, like, he throws Connor yeah. throws one leg kick, it's a rap, bro. Oh, the leg <laughs> kicks are tough. Yeah, I'm saying like everyone else is a boxer that obviously Floyd has fought. But Connor could always just be like, Man, if I catch you outside, it's a rap. Leg <laughs> kicks are tough. Dude, because leg kicks are no joke. You ever you ever ate a leg kick? No, I refuse. Don't, don't. It I'll sucks. eat a lot of stuff. No, I'm not taking a leg because yeah. I don't know how to check it properly. Bro, it don't even matter if you check it, honestly. I so. feel like I'd have a better shot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying, like, no. you still eat some of it. Yeah, no, like, I see them kick wood. Yeah, it's nuts, like, man. Blocks. It's no, nuts. No. Some of the Muay Thai guys I do jujitsu with will go, like, shin on shin on, like, a pass or something. I'm like, was that a fucking baseball bat I just, like? Crazy. Yeah, no, no. And their shit's like hardened. Yeah. It's like now like some weird ass adamantium, like they're Wolverine, like in their leg. No. And how and how you started this combo about the MMA guys going into boxing, I have no problem with it. It's cool. I'll tune in for sure, just because I'm 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 a fan of uh like uh spectacular events, yep. right? Like one of a kind kind of events. I think Tyson Fury does whatever he wants to him though, just like how Floyd did. What I would love to see is, yeah, you come into our side now. The women are. Yeah. I mean, we saw Clarissa. Clarissa do it. Amanda Serrano has, she's 3-0 and in MMA. She fought once in Bellator. And all three of her wins are by sub. Wow. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. She's like super into jujitsu. So love she it. just signed PFL three weeks ago. So like she's really into jujitsu. So people come in and be like, oh, Amanda Serrano, she's going to throw hands. Like, no, all of her MMA victories are by subs. That's like, so she loves Ill. It. That's ill, man. I had no idea. That's yeah, dope. yeah, no, she's sick with it. Like, if you go on YouTube and look up Amanda Serrano's MMA fights and, like, legit takedowns, rolling transitions, she's really good on the ground. Because, so. dude, in whatever the line, I don't have the line in front of me, but say, say uh, Tyson Fury is minus 200. If Francis fought him in MMA, Francis would be minus 1,200. I think any boxer that goes into MMA is four to five times a bigger underdog than the other way around. So Tyson Fury is minus 1,000. Yeah, minus 1,000. Uh, Francis Ngannou is plus 600. Yeah. In MMA, Tyson would be plus 1,800. And 
and Francis would be like minus 3,000. Really? Even yeah. though he's not a wrestler? Yeah. Because, bro, it's the leg, uh, yo, the leg kicks, man. That one, that one leg kick, especially where, and, and even if he's not a wrestler, he's not a wrestler, right? Just the wrestling that he did on Gone. Yeah, we've seen him. Where Tyson Fury has never had to sprawl. Yeah. It's going to be enough. It'll look like Habib against me. <laughs> like, that's what it would look like. Even though Francis is not a wrestler. I would give, and this, this is true. Those lines are, are great. If Terrence Crawford went over now there, that's and a fought difference. a 145-pound fight, if he fought, I don't know who the 14th ranked. So 145 pounder. I'd give him a legit shot. Well, he has a wrestling background. Yeah. Yeah. Huge wrestling. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's different. But I'm talking about a guy <laughs> in, in boxing who has no other MMA skills besides boxing. I think they're in big trouble. Yeah. It's it's tough, right? Yeah. And then it's the same thing where you're like, man, this MMA guy's a striker. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Ngannou's a striker. He's not the most, he's not even the cleanest striker in MMA. He's kind of just one punch power. It's fighting the MMA equivalent of Deontay Wilder. So we've seen how that's gone with Tyson Fury. He's fine. He fought the boxing equivalent of this man and lived to tell about it. No one else has. So I think we know how this fight is going to play out. But when you have that going the opposite direction, it's like, it's the same thing. You have a puncher's chance. The gloves are a lot smaller. So it's one of those things. It's like, could you knock someone out in 13 seconds like Connor did? But if someone tries to rush. And then a boxer, like, I don't know. Fury might be able to knock his ass out. Because you know how to throw a punch correctly. You know how to sit on your punches. You know how to time people. And if you land clean, you never know. But the examples we have is boxers just get washed. Yeah. Because you have no ground game. Yeah. Before I get Kimbo Slice won a couple of matches. Yeah. You know, like Kimbo had a wrestling background. Well, look, I think it's the same thing. If, if Francis fought uh, like Kimbo when he went into MMA, he wasn't fighting world champions. No, you can't give him world Yeah. So, like, for, I think Francis beats a lot of other guys at heavyweight boxing. I'd like to see him versus Dillian White. But I, he, I'm not the biggest boxing guy in the world, but I know that name too. Like yeah. he's like a top contender, right? Yeah, he kind of surfaces. He's the gatekeeper yeah. for the heavyweight. So like, but I still think Anthony that's Joshua a, beats him up, Fury beats right. him up, but like fringe top ten guys don't beat him up. Still, he just yeah. Get old. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying like a like a four and one heavyweight boxer. I'd give I'd give Francis a chance against him. Yeah, but we're going up against the best heavyweight now. That's what's tough. That's walking on the planet. Like, I'm looking at this and the rankings for featherweight in the UFC. Terrence Crawford versus Alex Caceres. I'm getting Crawford a decent shot. Yeah. Caceres isn't going to out-wrestle him. It's a striker. I give Crawford a shot. That might be the only person. Edson Barboza probably tap him. Like, something yeah. on the ground. Also the kicks, bro. I'm telling you, you're kicks, sleeping on yeah. the kicks. Dan Ige. No. Bryce Mitchell. Probably wrestles. Wrestles him. Giga. Got and, uh, kicks. Yeah, people. <laughs> Alex Caceres. Terrence Crawford could be one top 15 <laughs> UFC fighter and it'd be uh, Alex Caceres. And that's all you need. You just need one. 
What do you think before we go over and talk MMA? What do you think about Sean O'Malley calling out Javante Davis? I just think it's he's capitalizing on the moment of being becoming the champion. And is it problematic that we are living in a world where the callouts aren't a fellow UFC fighter that is huge, but a boxing I just think champion? they I think they all yes and no. I think no because the money Money's big, right? So if there's an appeal to a tank versus sugar, I think people would get behind it. And yeah, why not? Why not go take that fight and make 10, 20 million, whatever you're going to make yeah. for that one fight. And then you're still the champion. There's also, a, uh, it's a win-win for you because you're not going to lose your belt. No. Either guy's not going to lose Someone ruined it. Connor. Came back, he was never the same. Fucked up his stance. Yeah, but also because that, that was... That was like generational, generational wealth. Like we need a different, <laughs> we need a different level of what that did for Connor. Where, yeah, they didn't mess up his stance, but I also think just like the bank account messed up Connor. Yeah, you're not hungry anymore. Yeah. You can't be. You can't be, bro. You can't be. Eventually, like it's you make that kind of money, bro. It's hard to uh, maybe in the past you were going 15 rounds in sparring. Now you're going eight. Yeah, right. Now you're going, you're going ten. You're like, ah, we're good, man. We're good. Yeah. So he's it's fucking fine, sparring but, on a Lamborghini yacht. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Bro. Me either. But he called out he called out Cheeto. Right? So like there's there's a that's a top contender. That's a guy that there's a built-in history. There's a storyline. That's why the UFC loves that shit too, because apparently O'Malley, O'Malley made over like a half a million dollars on merch, the undefeated merch when When he lost. When he lost. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, yo, I'm still undefeated. Yep. It's like that's great marketing. You know what I mean? So, like, I get it, though, man. I get it. The, the bags are crazy for these guys going to fight in boxing. Remember, like, Usman called out Canelo at one point. He did. Yeah, like, all of them. Why not, why not? Go and get your money, for sure. And capitalize on it, man. Because, like, no one wants to see Usman fight him now. No. Right? Because the all this past. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and you got flatlined. And you lost <laughs> again. So, you're on a two-fight losing streak. Like, that appeal doesn't. It's just not there anymore. So I don't really have a problem with it. It's it's cool. I, I just think it's more entertaining and to get people talking. Yeah. And I think uh, I highly doubt, and they were talking a lot today, like someone's getting chinned between my power. Tyson Fury, someone's getting chinned. So I'm between my power as a 6'9 heavyweight and Francis Ngannou's power that we've seen in MMA. Someone's getting knocked out. No one's getting knocked out. No one. Decision. It's not a title fight. It's going to be 10 rounds. Maybe. Maybe 10 rounds. I don't know how long Francis could go. Francis is going to gas before he ever knocks anyone out. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, Fury probably beats him in round seven or eight on just TKO. Ref stepping just, in. Ref just, stepping in, yeah. I don't even think. I think he lets him go the distance. Safe Look, Francis, Francis went the distance twice in his career. One of them, he looked horrible against Stipe. And then yeah. the other one against Gon. So, he's not exactly... Uh, a Max Holloway or Dustin Poirier that no. are in this these five he's a, round Deontay Wilder. Yeah. He's one punch. Yeah. But that punch is always coming. How so, do you feel about the call outs in cross cross sport? I think it's overplayed. Francis, I guess, made me look stupid in this regard, because I didn't think he'd ever be able to get I thought he missed the boat, overplayed his hand. I would have to go crawling back to the UFC. Mm. Did it. PFL found the money. He sat on it. 
and was like, yo, I'm going to box. And Tyson Fury, the Usyk fight falls through and everything just works perfectly for them to actually have this fight. It worked perfectly for Francis Ngannou. Guaranteed 10 mil. And guarantees. Without pay-per-view, without every... He's going to cash out 16, 18 mil. He was never going to make that in the UFC. Or he would have had to have been champion probably six title defenses. Yeah. To get close. No one has six title defenses at heavyweight. Nobody. Yeah, no, nah, that's... So he, he would have never made this money. This is general, generational money for him. And then taking this back to the PFL heightens his level and he's just going to cash out. He's not young. So, yeah, now he changed his life with this gamble. I just don't know feasibly if anyone else is going to do it. And it, it's different when you're Anderson Silva and you're already gone and fighting Jake Paul. You know, like when you're Tyron Woodley. You're getting a bag, but, like, you're gone. You're fighting Jake Paul. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, active people. I don't know if Dana will ever allow someone to do it again. Because he made Connor a monster. And they had to pay Connor, still have to pay Connor, insane amounts of money to come back. And his ego was uncontrollable. Yeah. I also think Connor is, don't make me list them, but he's one of like the handful to two handfuls of athletes that have outgrown their sport. Yes. It's like Tyson, Mike Tyson, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Jordan, Jordan, Jeter. I feel like you know, like it's a it's a short list. And Connor has he's way bigger than the UFC. Yeah, like the Connor brand, I think is way bigger than the Tom UFC. Brady reached like insane level. Yeah. So and again, it's a it's a short list of people that have done that. And Serena Williams also like she's outgrown yep. tennis. And like Mayweather, I just think, but he gave Connor the rub, right? So that's why I think it was so undeniable for Connor that Dana was like, "Man, we're gonna make a lot of money with this too." Do you see? And again, I'm not sure he gives anyone that power, right? Like I, I think they want the shield of the UFC to be the star. Do you see? And this is tough. This is long term booking. To borrow another wrestling term. Do you see the UFC having another Conor McGregor, someone bigger? Because it's always hard. Yeah. In boxing, Mike Tyson was the biggest spectacle ever. He was fighting for 80 mil a fight. And Don King was robbing him blind, and then he ended up broke. But it went from, like, Ali was a spectacle to, like, yo, these fights are huge. Is there going to be another Ali? And then Tyson fights were even bigger. And... The aura and the Vegas fights and everything. Tupac dies like on a, like yeah. when everyone's out here like yo we're never going to see stuff like this. And then Mayweather takes that shit to a whole nother level to the point where he has four of the five biggest pay per view revenues ever, and I'm pretty sure he has three of the top gates here in Vegas ever. So Mayweather took what Tyson was, and he wasn't even as exciting. He took it to another level. If Connor's Tyson, do you see someone coming along who has that, yo, we can take this to another level? Do you see it happening? I don't want to say no, because that's, you're trying to have a fantasy book like 5, 10, 20 years down the line. But, I mean, as you were saying this, the only other person I could think of that could come close is O'Malley. Because I think the parallels between the two of them are 
so big. He's also 28. Got a highlight reel knockout. Awfully reminiscent of how Connor did it to Aldo. But you got to win, bro. Have to win. You got to win. So I don't know, man. It, it's it's hard. I think I think Connor is is one of a kind, a legit one of a kind in the sport of MMA too, which is so it's so fascinating how like dudes could lose and come out better than going yeah. into fights, right? Like I think I don't know when you want to talk about Izzy, but like I think Izzy's a bigger star now after beating Pereira. Yeah, the the loss. And that's to me. That's always combat sport. Yeah. Not um, no. Mayweather so, fucked always, up a lot of stuff. It's oh yeah. It's always MMA though. Like MMA is the one where a guy loses. It was like that in boxing before I, Mayweather. Yeah, I, I argue this before MMA was a thing, which well, this is not fair. MMA has always been a thing. Yeah. But before it was like a sport. Mainstream the yes, way it is now. Sport. Okay. So Ali isn't Ali if he doesn't lose. Right. That first time. There's no rumble in the jungle. There is no thriller in Manila. Cause he lost the first time in MSG. Yeah. There's no trilogy if he doesn't lose. Right. So you need to take the L. Yeah. Like Sugar Ray Leonard is incredible. There's no no Moss fight with Roberto Duran, which everyone knows now. People who don't know boxing will say no Moss. Yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard lost that first fight to Duran. And then had no Moss. There's, there's nothing like that without the loss. That's combat sports. That's gladiator shit. That's the movie gladiator. Like, you got to get an ass whooping to come back and overcome that. That's the story. That's why Rocky was so great. Rocky didn't win. That's real combat sports storytelling. Yeah. It's the greatest people in these sports lose and overcome. And that's what makes people great in combat. And that's why Floyd Mayweather is not going to go down as the greatest ever. Because people would say he didn't challenge himself enough to lose. Do you think so? Yes and no. I, I He fought some tough people. He could have fought tougher people in their prime. And I still think he would have won. Yeah. The money didn't add up. So he waited. No one could fault him for waiting for Pacquiao. Man was guaranteed 275 mil. Probably cashed out around 325. I'd wait. <laughs> yeah, like, the fact that they're not in their primes is ridiculous. It made the most money in any combat sports history. They should have fought five years earlier. And he would have still beat Manny Pacquiao. People couldn't have said shit. I don't think he loses to anyone, regardless. And then we would have had a, a better base and argument of what he was. But the money didn't add up. So he took money over legacy. We would have never known. Like, it would have been arguably the greatest boxing career of all time if he fought everyone in their primes. But it's just not how it, how it came down. So, yeah, I would agree with people. I'd say, yeah, he didn't challenge himself. Because you can't say Ali ducked anyone in their prime. Ali came out of jail fighting the toughest people. Fought Foreman when he was the most dangerous man on the planet. He was knocking out everyone. Like, how is Ali going to survive this? There's always that, that mystique of daring to be great. And that's what Israel Adesanya did. Like, 
they brought in his kryptonite. And it was his kryptonite again. And he was winning that fight. Going to, it was like the guy knocked him out again. He's like, yo, let's run it. He's just like, this guy is crazy. And then knocks him out. And it makes you such a bigger star when you lose. And then gets your win back. Yeah. That's always the key. Like, Volk is a bigger star because he moved up and lost. Right. And if they run it again and he gets a finish and he beats someone who is a Habib protege, who that style is damn near unbeatable, and he does it, the legend of Volk is, is huge. Yeah. It was cool to hear Adesanya give him his flowers and say that a dream scenario would be for Volk to headline UFC 300, yeah. and he wants to be on the undercard. Your co-main. Which, yeah. Uh, on the, yeah, co-main, sorry, yeah. not undercard. Like, that's dope, man. That's dope to hear. Because they come from the same camp, and I love the vibe of that camp. Like, it's dope when you see uh, Eugene Behrman, the head coach over at City Kickboxing, a couple of weeks ago, he put up a video and Israel Adesanya reposted it about uh, some dude is making his debut. I think it might be on this card. Oh, shit. His UFC debut. And uh, like the happiest guy in the room was Adesanya, bro. <laughs> like he's one of the main training partners for those guys. He might be a 185 or he looked big. He might be a two. I don't know. And I wish I would have had his name, but he was making his debut on the on this card. And it was just dope to see. And it's dope to see that camp. And then Volk is in that camp too, right? Dan Hooker's in that camp. And you just hear the stories of Kai Kara France also. Like, yeah. and they all go support each other. Like when when KKF was fighting Albazi, I think Izzy was in town. Volk stayed after his fight. Yeah. To like watch him. Like that's that's such a brotherhood there, man. And, and you know, it's one of the coolest things about training, bro, because you just build a bond with these people. Like, even if it's if it's like one or two rounds that you help them with or do something with or they give you advice on something and then you give them advice and it just goes a long way. And there's something about just getting your ass whooped every day by someone that just grows in appreciation. That's why it used to be the weirdest thing to me, man, where I would see fighters beat the shit out of each other for 25 minutes and then go hug it out. I never understood it until I started training. I'm like, yo, it makes sense now. Yeah. There's a, there's a, like a, you share something like yeah even if it's in sparring and training yeah. bro where it's just cool man it's it, it's dope as hell that and, energy is real yeah and people don't like understand the exchange of energy i tell people this all the time like the coolest part of my job is that i do get to cover all these from either ringside or octagon side and you feel energy when you're there it radiates off of these fighters. Dude, my favorite sporting events to go to, MMA fights. Hands MMA cards. It's just something I tell everybody, man. And if I ever get a chance to talk to Dana White, I'm going to be like, yo, I feel like you owe me money. <laughs> because I tell everybody like, yo, I know, you know, money's an issue for some people, but man, pay that three, $400 to get into the building. So it's the best bang for your buck. 12, 13, 15 oh, fights. By the time that, main event comes out you have the butterflies yeah. you have the goosebumps and, and also you're in there for five six hours if you're someone like me that likes going from the first fight i'm gambling i'm betting i'm talking shit i'm having a good time drinking also before you know you've been in t-mobile for six hours you're yep. like holy shit and, and there's just, just something about it it's it's so it's so lit man man it's just you you really feel it and when they're in there together it has to be exponentially high yeah because 
if the entire crowd could feel that energy, you're generating energy. Like we are as humans, no different than a light bulb, not to go full matrix, but like atoms and every, like we put out energy. It's palpable. We put out heat. If you run right now, your body's going to overheat. Yeah. That is, you can feel that. So when you exchange that with someone, that bond is different. Hell when yeah, I man. played football, like you, you're on the field when you can't hear shit. Everything's just silent and you're really just in it. But if you hit someone, you tackle someone, you run like you're fastest and you really hit them. You feel, you can feel them. And you just, before you ever make contact, if no one's ever like played football, like a decently high level, before you ever make contact, you feel it already. Few people, Ray Lewis, I think, is one of them, and Ray Lewis is a different beast. Hit with their eyes open because it's such a, a weird thing. You don't need to see anything. Yeah. You don't need to hear anything. You don't need any other senses, but you feel it before it happens. You know, your body automatically judges the speeds you need, all this stuff, and you feel it before it happens. No different than boxing or I'm assuming like jujitsu. If you're going, and like you're rolling and you're advancing, you'll feel the position yeah. and the move you need before you're ever doing it. Yeah. You'll no, that's true, feel man. their body and know they're moving this way. And then you're just like, got it. Yeah. And you can go. That exchange of energy and that connection is so different. You don't need to see that their arm is moving. Like it's innate. Like you're just like, yo, I feel what they're going to do. And your senses heighten so much that when that energy is exchanged afterwards, one, you're spent. And then you're just like, bro, like, all right, cool. Like, we got to hug it out. That's why at the end of every football game, everyone lines up. They they dap up. They hug. Yeah. They do. It's just something you feel you have to do. You give so much energy to someone else. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's talk about this main event, though. That's all you think there is to talk about. In USC 293, uh, you know I love Tai Tuivasa. I would love to see him get a knockout here, but this is a tough matchup with Volkov. And Ty is up and down, and they're never going to cut him. So it's just like, he's exciting. I just want to see a hometown shoey though. But uh, Ty looks like he's been drinking a lot like when he's out of camp. I mean, he's enjoying his life. He's partying. He's chilling. I don't know how great that is for like yeah. a high-level fighter, even if you're a heavyweight. Um, but the rest of the card, it should be couple bangers. Like, Justin Taffa, that's going to be a good fight. That should end by heavyweight. Um, even Tyson Pedro's on this card. Like, people got pop up and down the card. So, it should be exciting before we get to the main event. But the main event itself, Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. This is the main event because Dupacis said he wasn't ready. We know that. Which, even though Dana does not appreciate it, I can't knock him. He just fought. Yeah. I'm not fighting Israel Adesanya I'm not a on fan short of, notice. I'm not a fan of the slander for Adrikas, bro. He fought July 9th. Yes. It's two months ago. Oh. Chill. You know? And like, I understand he got a good knockout. Yeah. Didn't go too long. Didn't take too much damage. But it's not. Sometimes, like, the biggest misconception is, ah, uh, you know, you it was a, it was a one and a half round fight. <laughs> like, you didn't take no damage. It's like, yeah, but he also probably had a 10-week camp. You know, like... That's damage every day. Yeah, bro. Dudes beat the shit out of each other in the <laughs> gyms, man. I see that shit when I train at Syndicate. And I'm just like, well, you got a fight coming up in two weeks. Like, what the hell? And But you need to have it. Going back to your take on the energy. And I love that. I'm going to definitely steal some of that. I'll give you your props, though. I promise. But it's it's a real thing, man. And I I can't DDP, the new DDP, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't fault him for that. Like, you want to take that fight and just wait it out. I think he'll... Because then there's nothing left. And that's another reason why we got this main event. Like, I don't, I don't, I get it and I don't get it. Like, there's a reason why Izzy's close to a minus 700 favorite. Yeah. I think Izzy by however he wants. Izzy was on a call with, uh, it might have been your boy Mark that you mentioned before. Yeah, and he said, he asked him, what's the one thing that you want to do before you, you know, hang him up? Because Izzy's 34 now. He's like, yo, I want to get a submission. <laughs> He's like, maybe I get a submission this weekend. You That'd know? be sick. 25 to 1. Might definitely do a little sprinkle now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, like, why are we having this fight? To me, it makes complete sense. It's hard for me. I did a radio spy, I think, earlier in the week. It's hard for me to explain this to MMA fans. But my boxing brain says there's nothing wrong with this. Because in boxing, you have mandatory. And you have to fight a mandatory within like a year when someone's named a mandatory. But that doesn't mean you can't fight other people within the year, whether you want to stay busy fight, whether you want to go chase another belt and belt collect, maybe against a lesser fighter. It gives you that. Like Tyson Fury's fighting Francis Ngannou. He's a champion. He doesn't have a mandatory right now. Cleared out Deontay Wilder, one mandatory. Dillian White, another mandatory. He's cleared out his mandatories for two years. Do whatever the hell he wants. They're not stripping him with a belt. You do side quest, as, as the kids say. Like, that's, 
That's okay. Only in the UFC is it a thing to always fight the next hardest guy. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. It's, and it leads to people fighting twice a year. Because now you and the next toughest guy have to perfectly align. And Izzy, when you fight April? April, yeah. April. Y'all want to stay busy. But Drake has fought in June. Or not even July. July July 9th. And it's just like, yeah, so now I got to wait so we could perfectly align. So now I'm waiting for November, December. So I fought April and December. Like, who wants to do that? Yeah. That's why there's mandatories in boxing. And then you can do whatever the hell you want in between. And also the coolest thing about Izzy, bro, staying with your point about like being active is he's been the most active person, I think, in the UFC since 2019. His first year in the UFC, he fought five times. Yeah. And he just seems to be every three, four months he's fighting. And that's what keeps him sharp. You're like, yo, you're 34. He's had this entire kickboxing career. Came into MMA fairly late. Hit the ground running. And when you're doing that, staying active keeps your body younger. Yeah. You're going through camp. Like taking that time off and the long layoffs is what gets to you before anything. So it's like, nah, he wants to stay active. Go down the list. Can I beat up? I'm not ducking Drickus. Cool. Now, if anything, he got to wait an extra month. But we'll align again. Because this September, we might align for January. And he went July to January. Now he can't say he ain't ready and healthy. But in the meantime, I'm staying active. So this, in boxing terms, like, yeah, this shit happens. That you go, all right, cool. Well, I'm waiting for this other champion or my number one contender to get ready. Cool, I'm going to fight this guy. I'm going to fight the fifth-ranked guy. Stay active. Because guess what? If Sean Strickland would have won two more fights, I'm going to fight him anyway. Right. So what's the difference? Yeah. Like, let me fight him now. When I'm ready, he ready. Let's get it. And Sean Strickland's not going to beat him. That stupid-ass weird shell thing, like, Izzy's going to pick him apart the same way that Alex Pereira picked him apart. Alex Pereira looked at that whack-ass stance and was like, are you kidding me? How dare you line up in front of me? Just knock this block off. The, the striking levels are way different here. Yeah. And I don't think Sean Strickland is going to try to wrestle. He's going to get his block knocked off. Uh, Izzy in two, just because I think he wants some rounds. <laughs> He yeah, just wants I, a style on him. I was looking at plus 800 Izzy to win in round three. That one kind of like jumped out to me. I think the coolest thing though, the the credit I will give to Sean Strickland, and if you think of like the the banger fights that Izzy has had, one of the reasons why he was my he is my favorite fighter is when he fights someone that's engaging and and pressures him, that's when you see Izzy really yep. style on people. That's why the two fights with Pereira were bangers. That's why the first Whitaker fight was a banger. That's why Gastelum is the best fight probably yep. in Izzy's career in the UFC from like highlights and whatnot. When he fights the Vittoris, the Cannoneers, the, the Yoels, where they're not going to pressure him and they're also counter strikers, they're kind of dud decisions where yeah. he just stays on the outside, picks them apart, and they're scores out kickbox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you're not going to beat him in chess. Match. Strickland's going to pressure him, man. He's going to try to walk him down. Now, is it going to work? I don't think so. No, he's going to walk into something. Yeah, he's going to walk into something. But I could see this being a fun fight for as long as it lasts. But also, 
Izzy sort of just styling on him throughout it. For Strickland, you have to. Yeah. You can't change who you are. And you're not better than him in anything. Right. So your chance to win is a puncher's chance. Yeah. So you got to say, if I walk into it, I walk into it. Whatever. But my one shot is landing what Pereira land, right. landed or landing where well, we've seen a ton of upsets this year. Like we, we have to be like, yo, we're just going to throw hands. And if my right hand connects by the blessings of God and knocks you out, I'm champ, baby. We're running this shit back for a lot more money. But you can't, you can't be scared. You know, scare money don't make money. Yep. You, you got to go in there. You got to throw hands. You got to be you. And you got to say, okay, I've seen Izzy hurt. I've seen him stopped. I can do it. I got to go in there and try. Because one thing I haven't seen is this man outpointed. Yeah. So, like, if, if I'm going into a fight, I was like, all right, I've seen him lose. All right, how did he lose? This is how he loses. Okay, can I go out there and out-technical him? No, I've never seen anyone do it. Let's do this. Right. Unless you're a great wrestler, like when he moved up against Jan. And really, that wasn't even great wrestling. It wasn't. That was like, just, he had he laid 40 and pounds on him, that's too. That's it. Laid yeah, and prayed. And so it's it's weird. And I don't think Sean has much of a chance with his MMA. I've seen weirder shit. Yeah. I, I've seen random ass people get knocked out. I just saw Shevchenko lose. I think Valentino was going to lose in... Ever. Ever. Like, yeah, I yeah. thought she was going to win 35, whatever the hell she wants. So it's, I don't know, man. It's it's wild to see. And that's, and people are like, this is a, a horrible main event. I was like, yeah. But there is no bad main events in MMA. Because there's always a chance that some wild shit happens. Because yeah. Izzy gets knocked out by Sean Strickland. One, the promo Sean Strickland cuts after this. It's oh. going to be legendary. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And that moment is like nuclear. So you want to miss that? Like, or it goes the way we all think, but there's, there's always intrigue. Yeah. I think people are going to leave satisfied because I think, I think Strickland is going to bring the flash from Izzy. I think Izzy's going to be able to do what he wants and what makes him exciting because Strickland's going to try to walk him down and he'll get caught with something. And I, I think Izzy puts him away. Round three puts him away, plus 800. Round two was like plus 550. Still interesting. I mean, if you're looking at it where, you know, he's a minus 650 favorite, right? So then you're looking at like a $12 swing. Yeah. Round two, round three. I, li- I like where your head's at. Yeah, I go two just because I think Izzy's weird and he's always like a video game character. And he remembers all these things. I'm pretty sure he knows the exact time Pereira stopped him. And Izzy's, and yo, you also Izzy's you, be like I'm gonna beat that. If you also go, if you also go to the press conference, the one when it, at MSG, when Izzy lost to Pereira. No, 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 that wasn't it. Sorry, it was when Izzy, when Strickland fought Pereira, and that's when Strickland and Izzy, and Izzy were going talking shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I forgot who Izzy was fighting, but it was the same card. Yeah, Strickland said. Herrero's the best striker on the stage. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, didn't he knock you out twice? And then Izzy was like, hey, man, you're worried about me. This guy's going to knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, when I fight you one day, I'm going to knock you out and do a TikTok dance on your grave. So you know Izzy's going to want to knock him 100%. out. 100%. He's doing the and TikTok. Then, and then because like, bro, when Izzy wins in highlight real fashion, he has the best Instagram the next like oh. six days. <laughs> Incredible. It's so, it's so petty. It's the best. And people make like custom edits of that oh, shit. It's yeah, going to be great. Posted, so you know that they're going to be <laughs> showing him saying like, yo, I'm going to do a TikTok dance on your grave. 
and then it's going to cut to Izzy celebrating over him. So 100 percent. Yeah, but no, it, I'm going to post that on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I already 100%, have that queue yeah, and ready. So listen, if you wake up and see that on ESPN MMA, do not be shocked. Like, <laughs> got that one prepped already. No, so it's it's again, it's hard to leave these events, like you said, and not be satisfied. And yo, also, dude, I can't tell you how many times, how many times there's a card on the weekend. I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be whack. And then there's like. 11 stoppages in 13 fights where you hit that Sabatha. Yeah. Under promise, <laughs> under promise over deliver. So when I see cars like this, I'm like, Oh, that's just going to be whack. So maybe my expectations are so low. And then when it does even surpass them a little bit, it's like, Holy shit, this is the best card. It's a bunch of people from Australia and New Zealand on this yeah. card. They don't know shit, but throwing hands. Yeah. 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 This is going to be a fun card. It's on during the day for us. It's not taking up your whole night. It's going to be fun. So I'll be watching. I know you'll be watching, placing some bets on it. Everyone listening, you guys should be watching as well. We appreciate you for listening as always. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios for making this happen. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, on all platforms, and listen to us wherever you guys listen to podcasts. I'm going to let Nick plug everything for himself before we get out of here. At Nick Day is 10, as you can find me, at Veterans Minimum, all things Veterans Minimum. And, uh... Go back to that episode in August, man. The future champs. You'll hear the, you'll hear Kel and the old man, Andreas. Shouts to Andreas. Ronda Rousey, future champ, baby. Yeah. Yeah, you dropped me that. When I, the rumors I, are circling. I, I, I tagged you in that, bro. Listen, like, hey, there's man. smoke, there's fire, Nick. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, let's do it. Yeah, so now make sure you guys follow it. Amazing podcast there. And like I said, if you're not into sports betting yet, you're behind the eight ball because that shit's everywhere. And Nick's been doing this really well for a really long time. So make sure you guys check him out for everything, not just combat sports. Like I said, I listened to his NFL episode. It's the only sport I bet. So I, I needed to actually try to win some money this year. So yeah. <laughs> Nick's a great source for that as well. We appreciate you all. Until next time, though, we're out.